0: Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking.
1: Baking, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. and from Eastern North Carolina. I'm Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm on winter break, which is like my favorite time of the year besides summer break. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like taking breaks. Um, So yeah, it's been fun. I've been doing lots of Holiday baking and avoiding wrapping gifts and just pretending like someone else is gonna wrap them for me even though they won't. But I just like <laughs> <laughs> I stack them unwrapped under the tree and I'm like, I will get there eventually. Meaning mostly stuff for Claudia. <laughs> Obviously, I hide the stuff for Raul, but um it's so funny people under the tree. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she doesn't really know the difference at this point. So right. um, I'll get to it eventually. And I saw Hamilton. I don't know. Did we talk about this last time that I was going Not to on see this Hamilton? Not on show. No, I don't think so. How was it? It was so good. I really didn't know too much about it. I mean, I knew a general idea, but I hadn't really listened to the music from it. And it, it was funny, like seeing it. It's been out for several years now. So I was like, we're like the last two people on earth who haven't seen it. And it was funny watching it in the theater because everyone else seemed to know what was going to happen. Like they were, they started like clapping before anything happened or like when they would hear music for a character that would come out, they would get really excited. I'd be like, oh, everyone else is like really into this. (laughs) That is Uh, interesting. You're like, oh, yeah. It's like more foreshadowing for you. It is. Yeah. Um, So that was kind of fun. I was like, ooh, I I guess I should also get excited because something good is happening. Um, But it was a lot of fun. So yeah there's just a lot of i love this time of year because there's so much to do we have some like holiday lights and a little holiday train we're taking claudia to, and oh yeah and she helped me sort of decorate some sugar cookies yesterday Um, i saw your photos how cute yeah i was like there's only one way this is gonna end and it ended the way that i thought which was her (laughs) her face covered in um icing but she seemed to have a a fun time (laughs) Eating, <laughs> eating icing um yeah what's new with you and not too much we're
2: getting ready to go to Pennsylvania for the holidays um so I'm like making my mental list of everything we have to take with us yeah <laughs> presents and clothes and I I never know I always have to look at the weather because sometimes it's like freezing and I need a coat so I have to go dig one out of the closet because I don't wear one here usually <laughs> <laughs> plus um You know, my sister has chicken, so she's asked us to save her egg cartons for her. So I've got a stack of those we've got to take. And I'm just like, okay, is all this going to fit in the car?
1: Yeah, that's the big question about holiday traveling like that is how will you fit all the million things you have to take with you? (laughs) Um, Are you going to get a white Christmas, do you think? Maybe it'll snow? I'm hoping that there's snow when we get there. I
2: haven't looked yet at the weather, so I'm not sure. I know they have had... A little bit of
1: snow, but not much yet this year. Okay. And are you also going to bake and bring, like, baked goods with you? Or do you do baking with your in-laws?
2: So my father-in-law, his weakness is peanut butter pie. So I'm going to take a peanut butter pie for him. Aww. And um, usually that's it, because I think I took cookies one year. Um, but there were so many cookies from everywhere else that it was kind of like, okay.
1: <laughs> I don't need to, to worry about
2: baking and transporting and all that stuff I'm just gonna relax and hang out that's so, good
1: that's good just the pie you've really done enough baking this holiday season to cover like all the months of a year anyway so I think <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cookies yeah you've, you've paid your cookie dues um and you've been making cookies lately too right yeah I sent you some that I've made and I they were so good good I'm glad you like them um yeah, I made some ginger molasses cookies from the 100 Cookies book. Um, I still, every time There's I make something. My right, they're <laughs> huge. Good. They're huge. And I just, I love that book. I know I say that every time, but every time I make something new out of there, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like one of the better cookbooks For sure. that I've ever seen. Um, and I made some thumb, pr- I make thumbprints pretty much every year now, but I use blueberry jam um, instead of raspberry. And those, I think, were my favorite. I, I know you like those, too. Yes. Very um, good. And then I made some peanut butter. I always forget what they're called. They're not Buckeyes. That's a different kind of cookie. Are, are they make. Blossoms? I guess so, yeah. Like um, But they, they didn't use um, Kisses. It was just like a melted little. Nope, but they were better than the Kisses. <laughs> like um, the Kisses are so crunchy
2: compared to the rest of the cookie that it's like not a like congruous tate like texture
1: yeah <laughs> so the I melted chocolate that. I think was better okay that's good to hear I like the feedback I'm taking notes um <laughs> yeah so they were they were all I enjoyed all of them and then I'm going to make Linzer cookies this week which I'm really excited about mm-hmm. yeah I, I bought love the Linsers. little they're so pretty um So yeah, lots of baking. And then of course, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about baking for the holidays and there was a pie in there. It was like a hard cider. Yes. Are you making
2: that? I'm coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get on a plane right now. So yeah, I'm trying (laughs) to figure out when to make it. So my brother's coming um, towards the end of the month. So I was like, maybe, you know, I've done a lot of cookies. There's like a ton of dough in the oven. I mean in the not in the oven, will be in the oven. <laughs> a lot of dough in the fridge, which actually this is a tangent, but I think we need to discuss this because maybe you have a similar issue. So what's happening is that I'm making lots of doughs right. And of course I have to store yeah. them somewhere, but I I don't want to like freeze them right away because I'm not sure if I'm gonna use them like in the coming days. Cause if I'm not, in my head, I'm like, if I'm gonna make it like in two or three days, why am I gonna freeze it just to then bring it out and thought, okay. So what's happening is about now my refrigerator is filled with like three different types <laughs> of dough and like a pie crust. And I haven't figured out what to do with that. And so my husband, <laughs> he like opens the refrigerator today and he's like, I'm not trying to stress you out, but like what, what is happening in here? <laughs> and then <laughs> Right. Because you know him really well. So you could just like picture him. He's being really nice about it, but. I think it's just a lot. I get it. So it's like a lot of dough. He doesn't know what's happening. What's for what? And so I don't know. Does Mike ever get stressed out? Like when you have a lot of baking projects? Yeah. But like, what do you do? I I tried to explain. I was like, and then I told him, I was like, please don't throw any of this away. Like it's all good. I will get to it eventually, but I'm sorry that it looks like (laughs) an elf refrigerator. I don't know. It's just full of like Christmas projects. Are you going to use all the dough? Like Can you freeze half of it now? And are are you going
2: to bake it all up?
1: Yeah, you know what? I think maybe that's what I need to do because I have like the Linzer cookies. I know I'm not going to make the full amount because who's going to eat them, right? So I guess what I should do, maybe that will help, is I should divide everything in half and keep just half of the dough for my upcoming projects and freeze the rest for whenever. And that'll give you some space, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I also was like, let me just, pick like a designated corner of the fridge that is mine because what I do now is I just like shove it wherever there's room and I think that's part of the problem because he's like fumbling around like dough number one dough number two to get to like (laughs) the milk and Claudia's snacks and stuff so maybe if I pick like a little corner of shame where all that stuff goes kind of corral it yeah um yeah so it's a lot and then you know like we're both clean up at the end type of people. We don't clean up as we yes. go. So <laughs> it's just funny, like watching his face when he walks in and there's like flour on the floor. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll get to it eventually. And or, flour <laughs> or <laughs> a door will. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a messy time, but it also a very enjoyable time <laughs> for me anyway. Yes. I love it.
2: <laughs> I am like tamponing, tamp, tamponing, tam. wait campaigning there we go there we go for like a second fridge slash freezer for the um, garage like a small one that way all all my baking stuff can go in there and then he doesn't have to worry about it
1: (laughs) that's good that's your that's what she wants for Christmas from Santa listen Santa (laughs) there we go a mini fridge (laughs) yeah so a a whole lot of baking going on but it's good it's exciting I'm excited for that pie. I,
2: I'm also trying to figure out when I can make it. I was going to make it and take it to South Carolina. We don't have any time like between like we're coming here, but just to sleep. <laughs> so I don't,
1: I don't want to stay oh, away. Making pie. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably
2: just going to wait and make it maybe for Valentine's Day or
1: something <laughs> at this point. That's good. I hope we both end up making it so then we could talk about it. Um, yeah. I think I'm leaning towards maybe making it for New Year's since we'll be here and my brother will be here. So we'll have to check in oh, with each other yeah see if if we end up making it at some point
2: baking is a great way to explore the food of other places without leaving our kitchens this season we've been checking states off of our Bake around the u.s road trip for this episode we've hopped on a little cruise ship and headed to alaska that tell us what alaskan inspired dessert you decided to make
1: well 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 we're in alaska and Ah. (laughs) i know very cold very windy but beautiful um so i made these cookies they're called um tongas forest cookies they're named after like a national forest in alaska But I don't know why they're named after a national (laughs) forest. Are they green? No, no. I mean, they're brown, but like lots of cookies are brown. I don't Mm -hmm. know. This is weird. So I tried to do some, (laughs) I tried to do some like investigating to figure out why, like, I mean, they're very highly related to Alaska. So I couldn't really find anything. I found one like anecdotal thing on a website that said that a woman, was given this recipe by her friends who had just returned from a vacation to Alaska. And oh, then so they she- were inspired by the beauty of the forest, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe all the ingredients in the cookies were inspired by, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Who knows? It is a lingering mystery, but I have to say they were really good. So these cookies have a lot of, a lot of ingredients. Um, the main ones are oats coconut flakes, like rice krispies the like the cereal. And then it had two different types of sugar, so brown and white sugar, chopped up white chocolate, and it called for chocolate pearls, which I don't know if you've ever used before. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I have um, some, but I've never put them in something like I've put them like on top of a cake. Oh, interesting. I I couldn't figure out where to get them from, so I ended up using um Malted milk balls and just like chop them oh, yeah. up because I heard that that's that's what that gives is like a crunch. Yeah, I think that's a good substitute. texture. So yeah, it has a lot of ingredients. They're actually really good though, and I don't really like oatmeal cookies. But I know I was surprised to see this. Yeah, but so I did slightly reduce the amount of oats because I was like, I don't really need this much oats. But um but I actually really like it. I think like it all complements very well and it's got like sweet and savory and crunch. So there's texture. Um, I thought they were really weird at first, but then they grew on me. Like they, they tasted good, but just like the mixture, I, I think at first I was like, this is a lot of stuff for a cookie. Um, but I don't know. I really, I really like, like the trail mix cookie almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. So, um, I don't really know why they're affiliated with, Alaska but I accept and I enjoyed them (laughs) (laughs) they sound Um,
2: interesting I have not heard of these that's pretty cool
1: yeah I think it's funny that neither one of us made baked Alaska for this episode we've already done that I think it's
2: because we've done it before
1: yeah that's we're too we're over that we've done it (laughs) but I
2: noticed that was the title of this episode and I was like I'm not in the right state of inebriation for that to be the title (laughs)
1: I was like, what kind of baked Alaska are you talking about? <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So tell me what you made for your Alaskan dessert. <laughs> I made
2: agu duck, which is like Eskimo ice cream or native Alaskan ice cream. Um, <laughs> it's originally made with uh, like animal fat. Mixed with snow and berries, huh. um, but seeing I have a shortage of snow and animal <laughs> fat, I used um, Crisco and berries and water because um, the rest we said the snow would melt eventually, so I could use. You're water. just speeding up the process, <laughs> right? Um, and you basically heat it up in a pot together, and um, with a little bit of sugar, and it gets. Well, so like when you melt the Crisco, it becomes clear. But then as you stir it and mix it in, then you turn off the heat and let it sit. It gets thick and white again and kind of waxy feeling. I don't know. Um, It tastes, it's still even frozen, tastes like cotton candy, which if you like cotton candy, I could see that being a good thing. I don't like cotton candy. Mm. Um, So I'm not a fan. Um, It has you put it in molds. So I used my um hakoko molds hoping it would look like little scoops of ice cream. Yeah. And it it sort of looks like little scoops of ice cream, but because of all the berries, like you leave the berries whole. They're so chunky that it was hard to get like the back side of it flat. So the oh. front side of it looks like a scoop of ice cream
1: <laughs> and the back side is just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, curious yeah. to know, like, did you read about like the origins of this dessert? Because that's really interesting using the animal fat.
2: No. Well, sort of. Um, It's been a while. I looked it up. I I read a book set in Alaska and the characters ate this in the book. And so I looked it up then. Um, And the name of it actually means like mix it together. Um, So it was just, I guess they mixed snow and something sweet. But I could see like if this is your only sweet treat, I could see it being very popular.
1: Yeah. And it's like with things that are easily found, you know, like, Just whatever you have available to you, it kind of sounds like with the snow and the animal fat. That's really interesting. And the berries. Yeah. And it's very high calorie. Like
2: I read that um, it's like even more high calorie than ice cream because you're you're basically eating fat (laughs) straight. Yeah. Um, but, But the hunters would go out. They would take this with them to make sure they had enough
1: calories. Yeah. To sustain them. Hmm. That's interesting. I actually, I kind of enjoy cotton candy um so I'm curious if I would like this yeah you would probably like this it, I mean it, the texture is not bad and it's really I mean it just I
2: was surprised that the, the thought came to mind was cotton candy because I thought it was gonna take just like fruit because it's basically fruit and sugar but I guess that's what cotton candy is it's probably fruit flavoring <laughs> and sugar
1: yeah that's true okay so I, it doesn't sound like you would probably try it again right like you've done it no I wouldn't do,
2: But I mean if you like cotton candy I would recommend it
1: okay very interesting most baked goods are better with coffee, so grab yourself a cup of joe and settle in for some baking news. Rachel, I hope you are okay with regular boring pancakes because our news today is about the maple syrup shortage in Canada. Oh no.
2: <laughs> Meaning Yeah, no- I think um Buddy would be very disappointed with this
1: news. He would. He'd be Literally heartbroken. I think <laughs> this is like one of his three main food groups. Um, so this is a really interesting news story. And you sent me a couple of articles. So share with us what you what you've heard so far. So
2: this is not the first time there's been a maple syrup shor- shortage, but the first time, or the first time in recent history, anyway. Um, it was because it was a theft. <laughs> there were like millions of dollars of maple syrup stolen. Um, But this time they're just short. And I think it's um, something to do with the weather. Um, The spring was too warm, I think. Yeah. Um, The trees have to be like tapped just when it's just above freezing. And so it didn't, that period was shorter. So they got less syrup. Um, But we don't have to worry because Canada has taken a lesson from Joseph and Pharaoh and made a stockpile <laughs> of their maple syrup. And they are releasing syrup from their reserves so that there is enough maple syrup to
1: go around our breakfast tables. Oh, well, that is promising news. Um, I want to circle back to the theft thing. So who <laughs> stole, who, and when did this happen and who stole all this maple syrup? Um, you know, I just pulled up the article to see if I could
2: find it. it I want to say it was in the early 2000s, Buddy but the didn't elf. they said who stole it. Right? <laughs> so they, um, let's see, it was in two, 2000. It was somewhere between 2011 and 2012. They stole 20 million Canadian dollars
1: worth of maple syrup. What? Oh, my God. And I guess God. they stole it
2: from the, like, warehouse. And it was known as the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. There should be, like, a movie about it.
1: I was just going to say, I was like, I would watch this movie. Because <laughs> how? It's like Ocean's Eleven, but maple syrup themed. This is cool. Right? That's fascinating. And, like, how? And, and the
2: barrels were still there. So they, like, siphoned it out of the barrels. <laughs>
1: I'm like... I want to see this movie Hollywood get on it <laughs> I need to like yeah. visualize how this went down um wow I never really considered like how valuable maple syrup could be I guess yeah and I guess um
2: Canada has 80% of the world supply so when they're short we're all short
1: wow okay so so okay so this time around it wasn't the theft it was more like um the wet yeah they just the- didn't produce enough last season Oh, let's see, because it was too warm of a spring. So um,
2: they released
1: 50 million pounds
2: from their strategic
1: reserves. Wow. Well, I'm glad they, they thought ahead that, I don't know, that there might be a shortage someday. So, but they were prepared. Good job, Canada. Yes. <laughs> so now they have to build that back up.
2: <laughs> so hopefully this, this spring is not too warm.
1: I just looked at an article about it and they, did you know that they sometimes call it blonde gold? I think that's funny. No, but I like that. Yeah. You know what? I want to say, wasn't there another shortage of something that was related to like global warming to something, maybe chocolate? I don't know. I feel like we've talked about something recently. Yeah, We talked about a chocolate shortage that was predicted a few years ago.
2: Um, I don't remember if it was weather related or not. Um, but there is another shortage currently.
1: Did you see that? No, of what? Of chocolate? Cream cheese. Oh, that's right. You sent me an article about that. What's that about? Yeah. Why is that like supply I, so chain? So I don't know
2: why there's a shortage. Um, I think it's got something to do with the supply chain. Yeah. Um, but Kraft, the Philadelphia cream cheese, is paying people not to make cheesecake this holiday. What? <laughs> so if I <laughs> message them? Website, <laughs> Yeah. You can put in like your receipts for other holiday dessert ingredients and they will give you like up to $20. Have you done it? I want to do that. Um, I haven't done it, but we should do it. Cause I'm not making cheesecake. This yeah, day. me either.
1: <laughs> I'm helping you're welcome craft. So yeah, let me get on that. Wow. Well, I've heard, I've learned a whole bunch today in a short period of time. <laughs> and I, I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of shortages, but okay. Well, I think that's fascinating that Croft is doing that though. Yeah. And what great marketing, like that's a great reaction to have. Yeah. Like, please leave this off of your holiday dessert table. <laughs> Here's some money back. Do they give you money or do they give you coupons for things that you can Oh,
2: you know, I don't know. It didn't specify. I thought it was cash.
1: We'll look into this.
2: <laughs> Very interesting. I mean both are very like there's things you eat for well, I guess cream cheese you can eat anywhere but I think of it as dessert a lot of
1: the times yeah I'm gonna start stockpiling up on cream cheese <laughs> can you that's, freeze it I wonder probably I don't see why not I know that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do but that's what I want to do that's what my brain is saying do <laughs> stockpile she's
2: the reason that cream cheese <laughs> never ended Two millennials swiping through TikTok, trying to understand it all. This season, we've been recreating some popular TikTok baking trends. For this episode, we sent our intern TikTok Timmy to find us one that would be appropriate for the winter season. And he suggested we try making some hot cocoa bombs. Let's talk about whether these hot cocoa bombs really are the bomb
1: or <laughs> if a <they> bomb. <laughs> um, man, I love... The cheesy puns we include in our <laughs> the cream cheesy puns. what C- oh cream cheesy puns that's why there's a cream cheese shortage because we're using <laughs> we're using it in our puns now <laughs> oh no we're sorry <laughs> sorry cream cheese okay so we made hot cocoa bombs they were really trendy especially last year right like um...
2: they're so expensive now everybody yes. wants
1: one they're like six dollars that's so much. I kind of went into this. I don't know about you, but I was already kind of on the defense of like, these are going to be overhyped. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. But I will say I bought the molds and um, I found a recipe that I, I felt like was relatively simple. And I actually had a fun time making them like more fun than I expected. I use, I know there's like different ways to like put the molds together. So essentially like you're painting on the chocolate into your mold, you're letting them set and then you're popping them out and you're filling them with a cocoa mixture, some marshmallows or whatever you put inside. And then you have, to, I feel like the most difficult part is putting them together, the two halves yes. together. Um, so there were different techniques that I've seen. So I'll talk about what I did and then maybe we can talk about what you did, Rachel. Cause we sort of tried different things. So <laughs> yes. I saw a video where somebody had put like the the mold face down onto like a warm skillet to just melt enough of the ridge of the mold so that you could use that as like the adhesive to the other half um and that that worked okay for me it wasn't like the like perfect but it was enough to hold it so that the cocoa powder wouldn't fall out um okay so what did you try to hold it together
2: so I tried like um, painting chocolate around the edge of it. I see. Okay. And I think it's fine. Um, I was just frustrated by that time and I made my chocolate too warm. And so it was melting the cocoa (laughs) bomb. And so I gave up and I threw it on the trash. (laughs) And then I tried it again later when I had calmed down a couple days later and then it, then it worked okay. So I was able to wait for my chocolate to come back down to 85 degrees and it didn't melt my shells and then it, it held okay but it didn't look as shiny as the rest of it so I had to like dip it in peppermint or you I guess you could use sprinkles or something
0: yeah kind of hide
2: that edge because it was obviously just more matte where the rest of it had been very shiny
1: yeah yeah I don't think this is a good like rage baking or rage no. um, dessert making <laughs> project. you want to go into a rage <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know we've talked about it um it does require a, an amount of patience which can be hard you know depending on what state of mind you're in when you're yeah. making them
2: um Mike and I were talking about these because he witnessed my first attempt from the very nice shells to the very to melted shells <laughs> to my anger and he's like I bet Louisa's came out pretty good <laughs> and I said why do you say that he's like because she's got more patience
1: than you do I was like yeah they came out really nice it's hard though like I could see why it's frustrating because it's here's the thing too like they're not gonna like um seal perfectly so you're you are kind of left with like how do I make this look more appealing visually because you can see like where the seal is um I don't know if other people are doing like things to cover it up better but I I don't know I kind of just capitalized on like the other things I could decorate it with so I melted some white chocolate and drizzled it on top and then crumbled up some peppermint and um put some of the peppermint crumbles on top and I feel like that kind of distracts you know
2: yeah i think i texted you the first time i made these and was like never again and then yeah. i did it again cuz of course cuz my first time i couldn't get them to steal so i just dropped my two halves of the cocoa bomb in there <laughs> and um pretended um but i wanted to give them as gifts so i like shoved down all of my anger and decided I was gonna try it again and the second time I like I I think I like it um if I can do it when I'm not hurried and not trying to get other cookies done or something else um because I really liked your drizzle so I want to try that again and see if the drizzle covers that better for me than the peppermint did
1: yeah yeah that could work yeah so is our ultimate verdict, like, we like them, but you have to be, like, in the right, it has to be done at the Turn right the time. Mind. Yeah, you can't yes. be rushing or having, you can't multitask with these because you have to be, like, on top of them. Um, I will say, though, I feel like maybe mine were a little too thick because I didn't get that satisfying, when I dumped them in the in the milk, I didn't get that satisfying, like, I don't want to say explosion, but the way it, it dissolved was more. It was slower. Um, yeah, it was underwhelming. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> This does yeah, not look like a TikTok that's another
2: thing we did different. Like you painted yours in, I poured mine in and then turned them upside down and let the chocolate run back out.
1: Oh, just interesting. I think I might have gotten a thinner coating. Okay. Which I think actually is what you sort of want for this. You don't want them super thick. So that's interesting. Maybe I would try that next time then pouring it in.
2: Yeah. And I just put parchment under. So I like collected that chocolate and that's what I used to seal it with whatever okay. i off.
1: Yeah. All right. So, what do we think about this TikTok trend? We recommend.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I would.
1: I have changed my mind about these. Wow, revolutionary! Um, I still think they're slightly overhyped. Do you?
2: Yes, because okay. really, I mean, I don't know about yours. Would yours hold a whole packet of hot cocoa mix? Um, no,
0: I don't Mine think hold, so. Like a
2: third. So you end up with a smaller cup of hot, like I did like a six ounce cup of hot chocolate and it was good, but I think if I would have done the full eight ounces, it wouldn't have been enough
1: chocolate. I see. Yeah, you're right. It was definitely more milk to chocolate ratio and the coat and because it didn't have a ton of cocoa. Plus you're also shoving in the marshmallow. So that takes up space too. I don't know if you, yeah. So, okay. I give it, um. 3.5 3.5 out of 5 Buddy the Elf stockings. I think I could agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure been the rating system we've been using this whole time. Of
2: course. <laughs> I don't know. We'll yeah. have to check with
1: Tim and, and see. <laughs> yeah. Our intern. Well, you know, interns, there's high rate of turnover, so we'll probably have a new intern. A new TikTok intern next time we do this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: For many of us, baking is an act of love, an opportunity to make delicious treats and create nostalgic moments with family and friends. This season, we would like to highlight some special baking memories from our listeners. Today, we welcome Terry, who will share with us her memories of a very special cake. Hi, Terry. Hey. Good morning or afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for being on this afternoon. You're welcome. I'm excited. Um, so, tell us what cake is it that you have a special memory of?
0: Um. A uh- seven-layer sour cream coconut cake that my grandmother used to make every Christmas. Wow. Amazing.
2: And do you have any
0: memories of um, your grandmother in the kitchen? All the time. She was a great cook. And um, this was my father's mom. And we always had Friday night dinner over there. That was steak night growing up. And and my sister and I usually spent the night on Friday night. So Friday, it was a big night. Friday night um, was for dinner. And then she would start her Christmas baking like early in December.
2: Did you ever help her make
0: this cake? Well, we were there. Uh, my sister and I were there all the time when she did it. But, and we would watch, but more um, than us helping, my grandfather was the one who cracked uh, the coconuts. And it was so funny because she always used fresh coconut. And every, she would start on Friday night and he'd come in there and uh, with a hammer and he'd start tapping the coconuts to to get them ready to, you know, crack them open. And every year, he she would say, Walter, Walter, don't you hit those coconuts too hard? Because if you do, you're going <laughs> to bruise the coconuts. And every year, she he would say, now, Esther, honey, I've been cracking these coconuts every year since we've been married, and we've never had a problem. And this went on for about an hour until he finally got the, the um, coconuts cracked open. And then she uh, poured the milk out, and then she shredded the coconut by hand. And she did that on Friday night to get ready. And then she would get up about five o'clock on Saturday morning and start baking um, the cake. And the last thing she'd tell my sister and I, before we went to bed, do not get up and come running in this kitchen because you'll cause my cake to fall. Oh yeah. I remember my mom saying that a lot. Yep. And then the other thing that was really interesting, she made the layers really, really thin and she would cut her um, cake layers with um, fish twine. Oh, yeah. A lot of people now use dental floss, I think, but back then she used like really thin fish and twine. But again, again, my grandfather was an avid uh, fisherman. So that may have been why I don't know. That's but, what she and, had. Yeah. <laughs> and the cakes always had a bunch of toothpicks in them because they were so thin and really, really moist. that kind of, I guess it just kept them, you know, kept it together. Oh, wow. Um, and what kind of frosting did it have? Um, Yeah remember exactly what the frosting is it was a I don't know if it was it was if it was cream cheese based. I don't think it was but you got to remember um I'm old (laughs) this was back when I was like 10 and that was 50 years ago I don't exactly remember but I do know the cake had sour cream in it because we had to keep it in the refrigerator um Terry Uh is this uh has this recipe been passed down through the family like has anybody else tried to recreate it um you know we've not been able to find it my mother and I looked and looked and looked for it we could never find it but one Christmas um, about four years ago we found um, a sour cream coconut cake that was in the um, local newspaper here in Goldsboro and my husband made it and it was really really good But he said it was a pain he doesn't he loves to cook but he doesn't particularly like to bake oh I see yeah it sounds like it takes a lot of a lot of work and effort to make it it, it does. It was definitely a labor of love, and she always made two at Christmas, one for just our immediate family to have, and then she always made one because um, they, my father's parents, always came to the big get together that my mother's side of the family had, um, like the Saturday before or Sunday before Christmas, and she was famous for bringing her coconut cake to that. I see, and
1: I understand, Rachel. Is this right that you have taken on the challenge to recreate this cake? Terry. Yeah, I'm going to try it. It's a lot harder than I thought now
2: that I know she used fresh coconut. I don't think I've ever cracked a coconut.
0: Well, you don't have to use fresh coconut, but I don't don't really care. But um, I think the trick to cracking, it always seemed that the trick to cracking the fresh coconut was lightly tapping all the way around it, you know, in in about the same area with a hammer and then it would just loosen up and, you know, get a small crack in it. Then you can just kind of pull it apart and drain the milk, and then the uh, and then grate and then you know use a grate it, you know, on one of those old fashioned graters that you know had the handle on the top and it sits on the counter and you just run the uh, coconut up and down it, or if you were making pimento cheese, you'd run the block of cheese you know up and down it. Yeah, so I've it was definitely is. a labor of love.
1: I think my dad might be able to help us with our coconut issue. He has a lot of experience cutting them open. He used a machete, though. He has a machete. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's he's intense about it, but we may have somebody to help us there. Well, I'm very excited to hear um, or to see Rachel's recreation of this cake. And thank you, Terry. That's such a beautiful memory. I love memories when people talk about like baking or things that grandparents would do um with them for the holidays
0: or just you know random special things so that's a really that's right you've got a little one now so um your um your family's gonna have to start making some uh, memories with your new little one that's (laughs) for sure that's true yeah I'm looking forward to it I think um those -hmm. memories are so special when they're centered around baking and cooking so they are good Good. good yep well I look forward to um having um, cake with Rachel down the road. We um, are known for enjoying eating out. That's for sure. So we've tried some interesting places, some really, really good. Some like this past Friday that were not so good. Not so good. Yep. All right. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Y'all have a good day. Uh, Good luck tomorrow, Rachel.
2: Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If like Terry, you have special baking memories you'd like to share, please let us know. We'd love to feature your story. You can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, ProcrastiBakingPodcast.com.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Procrasti-Baking. We hope we've provided some food for thought for your next procrasti project. As always, the links and photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastinate with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise.
2: We release new episodes, First and Third Fridays, on your favorite platform. Tune into the next batch of procrasti as we stop by our home state on our baking road trip and take on a birthday cake with a twist.
1: Until next time, stay, stay sweet! sweet. This has been Procrastinating. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at procrastibakingpodcast.com Also feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media on Instagram at, at procrastibakingpodcast and Facebook at facebook.com slash procrastibakingpodcast Procrastibaking is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers.